0: Hum, hum. It is, and and you know, Wanda. When I left the U.S., I think in I may have been gone about three months or four months, and I physically became lighter. Like I, weight was falling off, uh, skin was glowing. I know it's the food. I know it's it's you know the humidity and the walking. I'm sure that's all a part of it, but it was also letting go of that stress that I was carrying daily.
1: From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us today in conversation for the Black Women Travel Podcast. Can you please again state your name? where you're from, the name of your business, and where you're currently located.
0: Uh, My name is Shannon Amos. I am uh, the founder of In The Flow Media and In The Flow um, Education Online. And I'm currently based in Ubud, Bali, Indonesia.
1: And where are you from, please?
0: I'm from Los Angeles, California. Yes,
1: so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Wanda. So, Miss Shannon, I have been doing my Googles, and I have a whole page written about you, (laughs) Miss Ma'am. Uh-oh, I hope it's all good. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's all you put out there. Thank you. So, yes, Miss Shannon is getting her life. She is traveling with her bags. She has family <laughs> uh, joining her in her travels, yeah. friends and family. Um, how did this start? Like, what happened? What made you 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 started in the in Take us to the beginning. You started in the entertainment industry.
0: I did. I, I started in the entertainment industry. I was a producer, a television producer for over 20 years, producing uh, promos, commercials, trailers, independent film, and um, television. And um, around uh, 2009, I left the corporate world, started my own business, and was also managing um, YouTube influencers. Uh, particularly the group Dormtainment, uh, and we had a really great run from around 2009 or 10 to 2016, and uh, then I lost my mom, and around that same time that she passed, I think just everything sort of was shifting in my life. So the loss of your mother, I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we knew my mom had been sick for a long time. She was injured in a uh, medical malpractice injury. And, um, while she was in the hospital and in the process of, of transitioning, I asked her if she had any regrets in her life. And she told me that her only regret was that she didn't get to travel and see the world. And so she said to me, um, I said to her, Mom, what if I took your ashes with me and I were to travel the world with your ashes? And she said, well, Shannon, she just, her face lit up and she said, Shannon, go see the world and let the world see you. And I think that um, was such a profound statement and it it really just changed my life. That moment changed my life. And uh, when my mother did make her transition, I honored my word to her and I took her ashes and I got on a plane with a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia. Um, to Bali, uh, where I first began, and, um, and I began traveling. And that journey went, uh, what I thought was just going to be a couple of months turned into a full year.
1: So this is back in 2016.
0: Yes. Yes. So, um, well, actually the, the, my mom passed, um, December 16th, 2016, I left February 27th and I began traveling. Um, my travels began in Ubud, Bali, where I am right now back again. And, um, I spent the year pretty much traveling, backpacking through Southeast Asia, and I had my mom's ashes, and wherever I felt called, I shared her ashes. And it was really um, sort of my eat, pray, love. It was my spiritual journey. It was my journey of healing, self-discovery, and um, you know, just reconciling everything that I,
1: I needed to let go of. As happens, I think, for a lot of people, whenever there's a personal tragedy like that, it is an undoing. It is a breaking open.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It is. And I think sometimes pain can be our greatest teacher. And, you know, for myself, rather than um, sort of stay home and and just be in the grief process, I was going through a series of losses around the same time. Um, Dormtainment had signed with another agency um, and they were my biggest client. my my mom's transition, uh, the house I was leasing in California was being sold by the owner and and my daughter was, you know, out of the house and grown and on her own. And and so I was just sort of um, going through the process of letting go and Spirit just said, you know, let it all go, and and this is a great opportunity to do the work that you've been wanting to do for a long time. And so I, I took that opportunity. I let go of everything, and I started selling stuff, giving things away, and I got on a plane <laughs> with uh, just a little bit of money, seven hundred dollars at the time, and a one-way ticket. I did have a credit card for emergencies, but I just wanted to see how how far I could go on faith, and just how far I could go on love and what I thought might just be a month turned into a full year.
1: So what was that experience like? You spent a little bit of time um, in the States grieving and then it was like the grief road trip. Yeah, well,
0: it was really just tying up loose ends. After my mom passed, it was settling her affairs and and, you know making the plans to leave and, um, sort of purging things that I didn't need in my life anymore. And then, um, I finally took that leap of faith and I'll never forget it. I was sitting on the runway at LAX international, uh, on my flight to Doha, Qatar, and I was terrified and tears were rolling down my cheeks. And I was thinking, you've lost your mind. You're about to go overseas with just, you know, a little bit of money. And what are you, what are you going through? And then, I don't know. Once the plane took off, I just started feeling lighter and everything that I wanted to leave behind at the time and that I needed to, um, I just felt a sense of of relief and uh, I landed in Bali. And my driver, Dewa, took me to his brother, who's a Reiki healer, and I had a Reiki session with a indigenous um, person and uh, in a, in their environment, and it was amazing. And I think that was just the beginning
1: Hold, hold on just a second um, okay. the connection about whenever you said your driver to t- who is a key for a Reiki session
0: yes let me I' move a little closer to the yeah.
1: Wi-Fi again
0: um, my so when I landed when I landed my driver took me um, straight away to his brother who's a Reiki master um, and he's an indigenous person who lives here in Bali and um, I had the most experience Powerful Reiki session. Uh, right away, he read that at my like I had blocks around my heart and that my heaviness was in my heart, and he focused all his energy there. And I, I immediately felt a release, and that was the beginning of what turned out to be probably the most incredible year of my life.
1: Wow had you Had you done Reiki before?
0: Um, I had Reiki, a uh, couple of Reiki sessions over the years, but I wasn't really as open to it. Um, and at this point in my life, I had just begun doing energy work myself. So um, it really just opened me up to understanding how powerful energy work is.
1: So like, it seems like prior to 2016, you had pieces of the things that you're full-time doing now in your life already. So yeah. you were already into meditation. You were already into yoga. You were already into uh, alternative ther- therapies, natural energy. Um. <laughs> energy work, yeah, yeah. Alternative, yoga. yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yoga, meditation. Um, it, it was a part of my life, but I wasn't consistent in my practice. And I was also um, pretty much educated in Western philosophies, which I later discovered after traveling and living in places like India, that um, there's completely different philosophies and, um, and more of a spiritual practice behind, say, yoga, for example. Sorry for the background noise.
1: Oh, it's fine.
0: Okay. Um, hold on. Okay. Let me try. It. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so what I was saying, okay, I'll back up. Um, I was just saying that, so in my travels, I discovered that, um, there was a deeper spiritual practice behind yoga in, um, Eastern culture than it is in Western culture. I feel that while yoga in the West is amazing, um, it tends to focus more, I feel on the physical aspects and on the, um, uh, just more of like, a. um, fitness uh, aspects than it does on the spiritual, where, so it's sort of been secularized. Meditation has been secularized to mindfulness, um, and yoga has been secularized in terms of more of a physical sport uh, and fitness, and then in in Eastern philosophy, it is really all about the spirituality, and it really is about the practice of meditation and, and yoga just being another form of that.
1: So you got to experience these different modalities in person, like pretty much at the source of wherever you were traveling. You got to study with people or uh, receive treatments from people who have mastered these practices.
0: Yes, yes. It started in Bali with the Reiki. Um, I went on to practice with Dewa. Um, So he sort of became, I became my teacher my guru, if you want to say that, but I believe that you can find teachers and gurus in many people and many different people. Um, But he taught me uh, the practice of Reiki. Uh, Then I went on to India where I studied yoga um, and became a certified yoga teacher. And then
1: I also went on to study Ayurveda while I was in India. And that also led you to an ayahuasca experience. So leaving Southeast Asia, you went to the Amazon forest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I, after a year of traveling Southeast Asia, I came back to the U.S. Um, and and I did come back for a year uh, to prepare myself to leave more permanently. Um, So I came back for a year to take care of some family business and um, most recently traveled to Peru into the Amazon for an ayahuasca retreat. And for those who don't know what ayahuasca is, it's a master plant. Um, It's a plant that indigenous people have been using uh, for medicinal purposes for thousands of years. And uh, it grows in the Amazon and other places, but is originally um, grown in the Amazon. It's a combination of a vine and a tree that's put together. Um, and it's cooked down into a brew. And you drink it like a tea. Uh, it has a rather nasty, pungent taste, uh, sort of like a fermented prune juice. It's, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought it would be, but it is pretty bad. <laughs> and- <laughs> And when you drink it, um, you actually have visions and hallucinations, but at the same time, you're also fully cognizant and aware of where you are. Um, and it's a very powerful medicine for me. It took me in a journey that revisited past trauma from the womb all the way to present time and allowed me to face all of those traumas and heal from them. And it, uh,
1: provided profound introspect um it was it was quite amazing so how has the last couple of years you being on this healing journey how has that impacted your life what changes have you seen through your travel through your healing
0: Uh, i think first off with myself I, i fully believe that when you do the work with yourself when you create space and time to heal yourself You're able to break out of these constructs that we've been taught. And so there's this whole process, like you said in the beginning, of unlearning and undoing. And when you get out of your comfort zone and you take this time to do the unlearning and undoing, you discover who you really are. You discover your purpose and you discover your brilliance and and your light. And I feel like there's so many more opportunities that are available to us, but if we're only operating in like this narrow funnel, then we never really know what's outside of that. But if you step outside of that, you find that you can actually create opportunities for yourself and you can connect with people who are doing the same thing. And and that's pretty powerful.
1: So you showed yourself. You said you left LA with $700 and a one-way ticket, and you made it an entire year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and went back to the states for a year to get yourself together. It's like your powers were growing stronger in terms of like self-confidence and understanding the direction you wanted to take things, and making it a, making travel and in your healing work and the things you were most interested in sustainable for you.
0: Yes, yes. And it's exactly what happened. Um, It was a lot of, for me, it was a lot of deep work and trusting the process, trusting that, you know, all of my needs and all of our needs are met. So we only need air, water, food and shelter. And I fully believe that when we start saying, oh, like, uh I want I need this, I need that, I need this. You you really don't because all of your needs are already met. Hopefully all of your needs are met and you have these things, these basic needs. And when we're saying that we need something, um, we're telling the universe that it's not giving us enough. And what we have to really be mindful of is that all of our needs are met and when we can simply just have gratitude for that. It's like doors open. And and I can honestly say it may seem a little crazy to some people, but for me to, to travel on that kind of faith and trust, I volunteered along the way. I don't want to leave that out. I paid it forward everywhere I went. And I feel like by doing that, the universe responded. And I never was without anything. I always had a place to stay. I always had food to eat. I had clothes on my back and I, I was just grateful to be in that process. This year I'm stepping out in a different way because I already I already have that faith and and I learned those lessons and now I'm coming back like with this confidence that I'm going to build my company internationally and I'm really excited about implementing the tools that I learned.
1: Yes, international? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So like your your healing journey also helped bring you back to your brother. From what I understand, you had a falling out after the transition of your mother.
0: Yes. Yeah, you did your homework. When my mom passed, um, my brother was in really grieving in his own way, and he had um, was struggling with addiction issues, and you know it was um, a really difficult time. It was difficult to lose my mom and to see my brother, you know, kind of going down a rabbit hole and and not being able to reach him, and and we did fall out, and we fell out over her affairs and her estate, and. You know, it's kind of like what happens in families when the business isn't handled. And part of my self-healing and part of my journey um, allowed me to heal that wound. It allowed me to forgive. And when I came back to the U.S., I was in a different space. I, I wasn't angry anymore. I wasn't holding on to things anymore. I had fully let it go. And the incredible thing that happened was that I was reconnected with my brother and he was in need and he wanted help and he wanted to get clean and he was willing to do the work to do that. And I think my journey had taught me to forgive in such a way that I was able to let go of everything and be supportive. And ironically, we would turn around to sell my mom's house, to split the estate, that I had been denied from, um, initially, and we were able to settle our affairs and, um, it's kind of unbelievable, but now we share a place in LA while we're figuring out our next steps and he's sober and he's well. And, you know, I think when you do the work with yourself, it's, it's somewhat contagious, you know, other people see that and they want that as well. And I'm really proud of him for doing the work.
1: There are even um, ideas that when you heal yourself, you're also healing your bloodline. So the yeah. work that you're doing—not only like do the people see it, but like it's supposed to physically like branch out in the past and, of course, in the future, breaking those cycles, healing the past and correcting the future, so to speak.
0: Absolutely, Wanda. Mm-hmm. I. You know, we, especially as African-Americans, we carry past trauma from slavery. And if you start to really think about how energy works and moves on a genetic level, we have been carrying trauma for, you know, hundreds of years. And it is ancestral. I fully believe that. And I see it in my own family. But what I am also so happy to see is that, like, my younger cousins and um, relatives and, and friends are waking up and we're, you know, really starting to do this, this necessary work for our children and our
1: grandchildren and, and that's such a powerful thing. So you said that we as African-Americans, so I wanted to talk to you about this mm-hmm. um, because we are having more nuanced conversations as a diaspora, right? Yes. yes and I know that your mother is Jewish.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. She's white, Caucasian, Mm -hmm. yep,
1: and of Jewish descent, Mm -hmm. yeah. So some people choose to identify as mixed. They they want to choose a race. You seem to choose to be identified as African American.
0: Well, you know, versus mixed. You know, I I am I am both and I embrace both um, cultures and and I embrace both uh, my mother and my father's backgrounds. It's all a part of who I am. However, uh, for me, living in the U.S., uh, I identify as an African-American because um, I believe that's what I'm seen as when I walk into the room. And I know that when I'm going for a job, or in the past when I was was working for other people and going for a job, I know that that's who they see when when I come in the room, and I know that that's how I'm treated when I move around the U.S. Um, I do personally identify as as a biracial African American woman. Like you can say that, but um, it, you know, it's interesting because we have all these boxes that we're supposed to check. Uh, I see myself as a black woman, and I'm proud to be a black woman. And I embrace my mom's, um, you know, my mom's family. I also embrace my um, history uh, from her side, the Ashkenaz Jewish side, to my dad's side, who originally comes from Ghana, and which is one of the places I'd like to go to in the very near future to explore my roots there, as well as my mom's family in Denmark and Romania.
1: That's really powerful. So I I think that more so than like trying to put people in a corner, Mm -hmm. I think some of the conversations that are being had now are around the implications of how we do identify, how we self identify, Um, because our experiences can be so different based on that. I think some people carry themselves differently when they believe whatever about themselves. So yes. if you believe this about yourself, you carry yourself in that kind of way. If you believe that about yourself, you carry yourself in that kind of way. Um, because we do that anyway, regardless. It's, it doesn't even have to be about race. If you think you're ugly, don't, you gonna walk around like you're ugly, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. And if you think you're beautiful, you're going to walk right. around like you're beautiful. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But, there, but like you said, there are implications. There are the way that people perceive us yeah. and then the way that we perceive ourselves. So how has it been for you? Um, you said in the States, people would look at you as a black woman. You consider yourself both and you're you're proud of your heritage mm-hmm. on both sides. How has it been for you traveling in the world, wearing your skin in your body with your hair?
0: Well, you know, I think um, one of the things that's really, uh, I'll go back to what my mom said, go see the world and let the world see you. When she told me that, it. I wanted to really meet people where they are and have them see me as a human being, see my heart, see my spirit, more so than it being about what color I am now. I can be honest with you and say that I think as a Black woman or Black people traveling, yes, we are seen um, uh, differently uh, in the sense that um, the media has painted a picture of us that is seen now on a global level. And we have to be mindful of what those images are that we're putting out, Um, but I feel safer. I feel more welcome and received in Southeast Asia than I have ever felt in the US. Um, I am greeted with smiles. I am treated with respect. I honestly, the only times I've encountered racism has been either other Americans or Europeans. I have not dealt with it. Now I've heard stories of friends who are darker than I am who say that they've dealt with it um, in Southeast Asia. I have a friend in uh, Korea who was denied access to a club because she was black and she was devastated, Uh, young, beautiful. And she's a young influencer and and was really upset about that. Uh, I have another friend who is a darker complexion who said that she ran into some issues here in Bali. Now, I also um, feel like how how we show up can also affect how we're seen. Absolutely. And we have to be mindful that when we're traveling to other countries that we're respecting the culture, respecting um, sort of like uh, the way that they do things. And sometimes we forget that and we just go and we do what we want to do. But I think it's important that when we travel, that we let people see us in a good light and that we show up in a good light and that we're sensitive and that we make the connections with locals because it's really up to us to break these barriers. The media is not going to do it.
1: We have to do it. So your daughter, Kiana, Kiera, sorry, Kiara, has been traveling with you. Um, my daughter has, we've done some
0: traveling together. We started uh, traveling together when she was much, much younger. Um, but we took a trip to Haiti to Grand Bois, Haiti, and we volunteered in a very rural part of Haiti at a medical clinic. And it changed both of our lives. I think prior to, you know, my setting off for Bali in 2017 and, Um, We had both done this trip together in 2016, and it was so life-changing. She decided after that she didn't want to go back to corporate America. Uh, We were both in a a clinic where babies were being born. We actually delivered babies. We watched children die from malnutrition. Uh, We were trying to save lives. I mean, it was really deep and profound and beautiful and tragic. But um, it changed both of us. And my daughter came back to the U.S., uh, left her corporate job and began teaching. And now she spent a year in Chiang Mai, Thailand last year. Uh, she's in Atlanta right now, preparing to leave next week for South Korea, where she'll be on a contract uh, for a school in, South, in uh, Daegu, South Korea.
1: So you're like living, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) She's able to do something at a much younger age and have these experiences and know that there's a different way to go about life in general, that she doesn't have to be stuck into whatever.
0: Right. And and I think that's what it, you know, when you say we do the work with ourselves and, and it catches on. I started doing the work with myself, um, and you know, by doing that, um, she saw me and she saw my travels, and she was like, "I want." I want to experience that myself. Now, she's a little more of a planner than I am. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm that spontaneous girl who's like, I'm going to buy a ticket and figure it out. But she's like, okay, I'm going to plan this. And so she did. She applied. She she worked at a great private school in Chiang Mai. And now she's in, um, headed to South Korea. And she's excited. It's, you know, there's options out here for us and ways for us to see the world and whether we want to, you know, become a nomad work online there's just so many different avenues
1: absolutely so um i love that your social media posts they kind of read as like a diary it's like dear world <laughs> this is what's going on with me today blessings shannon amos like, <laughs> it's really like it's really endearing like it's really nice to have you as you spend time with yourself you share that like so selflessly you share that time with all of us you mm. share the insights you share the reflectiveness you share the space that you're creating for yourself with others it's like a nice breeze through social media
0: Oh, thank you i appreciate that you know yes i um It all started when I did begin my journey. It was the first post that I ever really wrote that was um, personal. Like, you know, I used to just post pictures of random things and other people's stuff and comment here and there. And um, when I kind of went through my process of undoing and letting go, I wrote a really long post. I don't even know if it's out there because I think I actually got afraid afterwards and I may have taken it down. But I was in such a different space and I, I just remember that I was sharing that I was like taking the mask off, that I was no longer um, going to pretend like everything was perfect in my life. And While it looked great on the outside, the house, the cars, the pool, the job, the career, it all looked great but inside I was dying and inside I was suffering and I was struggling and I was dealing with depression and um, and I pulled myself out of it. and. Uh, in the process of pulling myself out of it, I was healing. And I wanted to let everyone know that this is my truth. And when I tell you, like, I don't know how many days I had it up for, maybe if it even still exists, but I received so many messages from people all over the world that um, I was like, wow, this is helping people. And they didn't realize by sharing with me, they were helping me as well. And it became like this mutual sharing. And I think for me, that was when I realized, like, I really want to continue this. I want to continue giving people the support. And at the same time, I was receiving support. And and that's how you build community. And that's pretty special.
1: So I wonder if... Being in the industry, in the inter- entertainment industry, you were a writer, producer, you had your production company. Mm-hmm. If that paired with being the daughter of one of the most famous black men in the entire world, <laughs> <laughs> aside from Will Smith, like, did that is was being in that environment, is that what made you think that you had to be perfect? Is that what was causing your depression? Like, what what was going on
0: You know, that's a good question. I think that having a father um, who was a celebrity as a kid, and and my father then, um, John Amos, for those who don't know, and James Evans on Good Times and Coming to America and all the different shows he was in. As a child, I think I learned very early to protect and to sort of keep a part of myself away from others um, because I felt so judged, you know, as a kid living with a, in a household with a celebrity, other kids want to kind of just see how you're living. They want to not really know you, but just be able to, to say that they've been there and, you know, could share these things. And I learned that at an early age. And so I sort of learned to create a bubble and keep people out of that bubble and to keep up the appearances. And, you know, at some point you can't, keep that up. At some point you have to be authentic with who you are. And, you know, it took for me probably 40 some years to figure out, like Mm -hmm. the only way I'm going to really be happy is if I walk fully in my truth and embrace my truth of who I am. And once I did that, everything opened up and everything shifted and I felt lighter and physically I could see the difference in in my, in my being, in my person. Um, And so I wanted to share that with others. And and that's really what I use my platform for is to encourage people to walk in their truth, to be who they are and to share their light and to share their stories. Because the thing that makes each of us beautiful is the fact that we're unique. There's only one of us.
1: That's so extremely interesting that you were born into circumstances that caused you to create a bubble, which then it seemed like stifled you, like who you really are. And it took popping that bubble and making a post to understand that you did have a platform, that there were other people like you, and you were able to create a connection and a community around that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's really beautiful to have it grow. It's it's beautiful to go places like I'm I'm in um, Bali right now. And someone that I had connected with on social media a couple of years ago, just, you know, just that would comment on posts and say nice things and share. Um, reached out to me and was like, Hey, we're in Changu this week. We'd love to see you. And I just happened to be in Changu as well. So I was able to connect with like all these beautiful people of color from the US, black people in Changu. And um, I love when that happens. I, I love meeting the people that, you know, we've just connected virtually and to have and be able to build a community where you can travel to places and have friends there. They were virtual friends, but for them to become real
1: friends in real life is pretty amazing. So would you say that at this phase in your life, now you're able to make the real connections that you want to make? Because I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I suppose that, like you said, growing up in in the spotlight like that must have, made it difficult for you to have genuine relationships
0: it it was hard and it it was a learning process you're not only for me not only growing up in the industry but um my father was like this really has been always this like big presence and um he's the epitome of the strong black father and so i kind of grew up in that shadow and trying to really break out um to create for myself my, and find my own voice took time. Um, and now I like to say that I've I found that voice and it's really who I am. It's authentic to who I am and I enjoy sharing, I enjoy connecting with other people and the relationships that I have in my life are, are solid
1: and and strong. That's beautiful. That's so wonderful. (laughs) Because you, you know, as as a regular person, like I think creating authentic relationships is difficult anyway. Let alone Mm -hmm. with people who would possibly want to benefit from your fame, from your notoriety.
0: Yeah, and you, well, you know, and and living in in California, LA, kind of already has that vibe, <laughs> right. is that? Do You do. Who do you know? How can right. I? You know. So, but I think, like any place in the world, you have to pave your own way. You have to create your own path, and and most importantly, create your own tribe. And, you know, I feel that I found an amazing tribe of, of women and men in LA who are my friends. Um, some of us have been friends for over 20 years and, you know, and I have that in other places as well. But I just feel like California was always kind of a, a place that was a little harder
1: <laughs> you know, because um, everyone's out there trying to make it. <laughs> And aside from that, a lot of what you talked about about experiencing meditation and yoga, but it's westernized. So it you go to these spaces and you find people and it looks right. But yeah. like the feeling isn't there. Like it doesn't quite feel
0: genuine. Right.
1: right. The connection's well, not yeah. quite deep enough. I got that when
0: I went out to, um, look for Like when I came back from traveling, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach meditation. I'm gonna teach yoga. And in LA studios, you know, you're not going to really see too many people of color teaching. And when you do, there's a certain look and body type. Like, um, I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, um, exceptions to the rule, However, most yoga instructors in California are going to be Caucasian, they're going to be skinny, and there's a certain um, look to that, which I found to be, you know, really disconcerting, because coming from India, where a 90 year old could be teaching yoga or a heavy set person could be teaching yoga it wasn't about weight it wasn't about your look or your color it is about your practice and your spiritual practice and your knowledge and your wisdom and so i was really frustrated when i first came back to the us and um you know just walking in and having conversations with studio owners and saying hey i'd love to come teach in your school or in your studio and just kind of them looking at me like okay you're kind of," you know and and feeling like i'm being judged Mm -hmm. feeling like because i'm not a small skinny girl that you know like okay well we'll see and you know not even getting the opportunity to do like not even being asked to come in and audition. I was like, and that's another thing. Audition. I have to audition for it. <laughs> Yeah. A meditation teacher. How about I come in and, and give a demonstration
1: to your class? <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Cause like, by no means are you plus size. Right. By no means. right. But still find, find, a, find I,
0: a role where, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but they want you to be 112 pounds. You know, it's just, it was very frustrating for me. And so, um, and, and also talking with other, one of my mentors um, who is a mindfulness instructor in LA and very educated, you know, is going through UCLA program for meditation and even he and I have had deep conversations about it. And he's like, you know what, Shannon, forget this. Like, we don't have to go work at so and so meditation studio for $35 an hour or whatever. How about, you know, a class? How about we just open a, a space or I open a space? And he's done that. He's opening a space and he's building his tribe. And, you know, people are coming to sit with him and do their meditation with him. And that's what we have to do. Forget working for other people. We have to create our own.
1: Every time it seems like every time. Yeah, we have to create our own. So that led to you this year doing, is it your first meditation retreat in Las Vegas? Was that your first? Uh, I, was,
0: I was invited to Las Vegas to host a, a meditation retreat. It was for a corporation, it was for a company. Oh. Uh, yes. And um, and then I was also guiding meditations at BrainWorks Studio um, on Pico. And um, I'm really excited about hosting my first wellness culture travel experience in Asia, in Bali, in 2020. So that's why I'm back in Ubud. Um, I will be bringing 20, about 20 to 25 people over in 2020 for a wellness experience, but it will be, um, I think it's going to be super, I know it's going to be super unique because they're going to really get, a uh, Eastern experience.
1: <laughs> so like, how has, how supportive have, have people been? about this really big change for you like have they been like girl you need to have some more money saved up like what are you doing
0: um you know i have i have some really close girlfriends and who i highly respect and and i love that we can have really candid conversations and uh, and a couple of mentors as well and i think that you know, when I came back, um, I was blessed to be able to sell a home and, and have some, you know, savings from that. But, um, I've also been working along the way. So I took an, a, a job with a tech company creating content. It allows me to work remote. So I'm earning income while I travel. Um, and it is also helping me to facilitate what I will need to launch this next endeavor, which will be hosting um, wellness and, and
1: culture experiences abroad under the name of in the flow media.
0: Yes. Yes. So in 2020, this year, I'm here right now, um, looking for my villa I'm, I found the drivers. Um, I found the yoga instructors aside from myself. Um, I have the Reiki healer, um, and I may be partnering with a couple of other influencers, but 2020, we will definitely be bringing people over to uh, Bali for an amazing experience. Mhm. Yay! Yes, and affordable payment plan, um, and everything. So, yeah, come through. <laughs> come, come through. through.
1: You have to come through. <laughs> come on, like, yes, away. Yes. Wellness retreat. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's gonna be um, awesome. So, like, what kind ha- What kind of challenges have you had to face along the way? Uh, I think there were a couple of challenges.
0: One, tr- traveling while black. That's a whole conversation in itself. Um, you know, some countries it's easier than others. Some countries it's difficult. Uh, or you, you might get met with some stereotypes or people pointing their fingers or questions. And I think the best thing you can do is really... Um, you know, we have tools now where we can translate things, but I think it's important to talk to people and just meet people where they are and and let them know who you are and what you're about. Um, For the most part, and... Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, you can go.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I say for the most part, I've had a really great experience. Uh, Some of the other challenges were re-entry back into the U.S. After being gone for um, a year, coming back into the US was really challenging for me. Uh, I had lived a really simple life abroad. I had lived um, with indigenous people, I had lived in villages, I stayed in beautiful hotels, I stayed in homestays, hostels, you name it, I've done it. And the experience of freedom for the year that I was gone is, there's nothing I can compare it to, like complete freedom, not having to worry about anything, bills, or um, having to report to anyone, having to...
1: Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Is it going out? Yeah. um, I think I lost some good parts of your story. You were talking about of going back to the US?
0: Yes, going back to
1: the US and the challenges of
0: it. Um, I think integration back into the US was really difficult um, because I had experienced a full year of freedom, like complete freedom and not having to worry about bills, not having to worry about going to work. Um, it was just complete freedom for a year. And coming back into the US, there was also a different energy. Uh, Trump had become president. And um, I felt like our country was in mourning and grieving. And, you know, there was the focus of the media on so many hate crimes and school shootings and everything else. And I'm coming from what had been like a really peaceful, beautiful experience back into that. And I almost didn't want to go out, like the energy initially, it was really challenging for me. And um, I started to feel like the heaviness of it. And that was one of the first things that I think I shed. and one of the things that's so healing about coming to Bali is that, and and traveling in general, is that you can kind of let that go. When you get out of the US, it's not about you being a black person so much. You're just a person. You're a human being. And here I'm just a brown person in a sea of brown people. Yes. And when I see black people, you know, walking down the street, you know, sometimes they smile and wave. Sometimes we say hello and sometimes they don't. Sometimes 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 they do not. Yes. And, and, you know what I've, I've discovered, sometimes they don't even acknowledge you. Sometimes they don't acknowledge you, but I've also discovered that a lot of those people aren't coming from the US. They're coming from Europe, they're coming from Africa and other places, and they don't understand why we want to be seen so bad, because they're not struggling with the same issues that
1: we're always true, true. Some people like, I mean, if I wanted to see black people, I would have just stayed at home. And it's like, okay, girl. <laughs> When you're you're long-term traveling, it is different because there is something about the familiarity of our shared experiences that is missed. Mm Mm-hmm. It is.
0: It is. And, And you know, Wanda, when I left the US, I think in, I may have been gone about three months or four months. And I physically became lighter, like weight was falling off, uh, skin was glowing, I know it's the food, I know it's, it's, you know, the humidity and the walking, I'm sure that's all a part of it, but it was also letting go of that stress that I was carrying daily letting go of the news that I was being fed, letting go of the negativity that we hear, you know, the constant, it's like a constant attack and assault on black people in our country. And we take that on energetically every single day. Every time another black person is killed, every time another child is is found, you know, another young boy is shot, another person is locked up, we see these images and it truly affects our psyche. And I didn't realize how much so until I got away from it and I could turn the noise off.
1: You better talk about it. You <laughs> better talk serious. about that. Yes. This is why I want to bring
0: my folks over here and just get away. And I also plan to do one in Uganda. I mean, I'm I'm going to duplicate what I do here in other countries, but... Um, you know, and I even had one friend say, well, I don't want to come to do yoga and meditation. I just want to come hang out. Well, okay. There's a trip for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> because that's healing in and of itself. I don't think that healing is about the doing it's, about. and you can, and you're able to be more in a different space. And yeah. I don't think that is emphasized enough. People don't understand how until you experience it. Once you step foot off that continent, honey, Exactly. And, and that's the thing,
0: like, even with my experience, with the experience that I'm creating, you don't have to do anything. If you want to come and sleep the whole entire time, you can't, you know, I just want to give the options that if you want to do yoga, if you want to do meditation, if you want to have a Reiki healer come to you, um, or if you want to go to him, if you want to, whatever it is that you want, the way that this is going to be set up, you'll have options. And each day you can explore whatever your spirit i don't want to have like stringent itineraries we'll have yeah. a couple of things where we meet up for dinner or breakfast or lunch but overall uh, i want to have you know healing circles and ceremonies and things that we can do together but if you want to break out and do your own thing that's fine too and and it, it's I know it's gonna be amazing. I have some really great people on the ground here in Bali and they're helping me and it's it's gonna be really fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to see how it takes shape. That's so <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited, really looking forward to it. And um just grateful. Just grateful to have this experience of learned everything that
1: I've learned that's enabling me to do this now. So Shannon talk to us about like your self-care practices what do you do to maintain yourself what do you do to keep yourself grounded because moving i think some people think it's unsettling and so uh i i saw you mention something about having an altar is that something that you set up wherever you are like walk us through that
0: yeah when i'm at home i have an altar set up in my home and a space just a space just for meditation Um, And it's a space where I can just sit, um, whether I'm meditating or I just want to be still or quiet. And I've created a ritual for myself, which for me includes lighting Palio Santo, watering my plants, um, sometimes singing to them, talking to them, just (laughs) keeping the energy up in the house. Play music and um, and then I do. I take my quiet time in the morning before I start my tea, uh, my day. I may I may make some tea. I just like to start things off easy. I don't like to be woke up like immediately with phone calls or jumping on my phone. Um, I think so many of us have that habit of rolling over and the first thing we do is get on our phone, and it's a really bad habit to get into. So I I, I become mindful of that. When I'm traveling, I kind of set up just a little makeshift space, Um, you know, like in the room I'm in now in Bali. I just have a little table and I have a few candles. I have a spot spot for my incense and it's a place where I can just sit in the morning. Um, And that's easy to just throw in my bag and take it with me. I have a little bag with my crystals in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, crystal bag.
0: I go, just a little <laughs> small pouch with some crystals in it, you know, so I have things and sometimes I leave them with, with different people I, that, you know, I meet along the way. So um, nice. it works for two reasons. Yeah. And and it's just, it's beautiful. I think one of the great things about traveling is you meet people from all over the world. I highly recommend to your listeners that if they're interested in traveling solo, to so look at um, staying in different in different types of places, think about homestays because you get the experience of living with a local family. Most homestays you have your own bedroom, your own bathroom, but you share common spaces. Think about like the kitchen and, and the uh, outdoor areas or the living space. Think about uh, Hostel World, which is a website and an app that has been incredible, especially in Southeast Asia. I can't speak to the rest of the world, but Hostel World has amazing hostels. It's not what you think. Uh, You can also do private rooms in hostels if you're weird about sleeping in a room with other people. Um, But I will say that the way that the sleeping situations are set up, they have curtains, the beds have everything inside where you can plug in your laptops and everything. Um, The beautiful thing about hostels is the communal spaces are full of travelers. And if everyone's head isn't buried in their phone, you'll actually meet loads of people. (laughs) from everywhere. And it's also how I found out the best places to go. Um, And then uh, for finding things to do, check out TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor will give you all the reviews you need. And Agoda uh, are another. These are great apps for travelers uh, to have. And get yourself a current XE currency converter so that you can understand the money when you arrive. I can give tips about this all day long and how to travel on a dime, <laughs> really. I'm paying $10 a night where I'm staying, and it's a really lovely um, homestay. And I just connected with two women from Chile and Argentina, and we're going to a festival this weekend. I wouldn't have known about the festival if I hadn't met them. So this is why I'm saying it's really great if you're a solo travel traveler to make those connections.
1: So that's that's essentially how you like to explore. You just talk to people and maybe look a few things up online.
0: Yeah, yeah. I look things. I look for things online, and then I just, you know, I, I just stay open. And like the other day, I I just arrived here. I was sitting down to have breakfast, and a woman here um, was playing some music that I heard in Peru when I was on my ayahuasca retreat. And I said, "Hey, did you ever do ayahuasca? Because that's a ikados. It's a song from the Amazon jungle." And she said, "Yes." And next thing we knew, we're friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
0: yes. So yeah. you, is
1: Great. this it's like talking to strangers is that like new for you?
0: Um, you know I I'm sort of an outgoing introvert. Okay. I like my quiet time and I like to be with me and I'm I'm not necessarily that one that's just gonna go up to people. I yeah. even sometimes have social anxiety like in bigger settings like and when I was working in entertainment, I would go to events in Hollywood and I would hate networking. Like I dreaded it. I would feel yeah. so socially awkward. And, and, but I think that it was because it was always that small talk where you have to like go up to someone and so what do you do and how are, you know I
1: hated that <laughs> even the way you just said that so what do you do like, <laughs> yeah, like,
0: you know that's coming you know it's coming but i think when you're traveling it's kind of more like where are you from and then you get to ask questions about where they're from and you just it, it starts off with a more authentic conversation and i i think that's something that we can all take away from traveling that would help us even in our daily lives
1: yeah, because maybe it's more just about connecting for the sake of connecting, not connecting for the sake of what can you do for me. Exactly, it's it's without that. Yeah,
0: there's no motive behind it. It's just like, hey, it's a curi- it's a natural curiosity. Where are you from, or what language are you speaking? Or, um, you know, I heard a guy the other day ask a girl like, "What language is that?" And she said Dutch. <laughs> his friend was like teasing him because
1: he didn't know. You know,
0: but you don't know, ask.
1: Right, right. <laughs> It'd be yeah. like a fleeka flugin blog and you'd be like, What?
0: What? Yeah. Like <laughs> I, it was I don't know, you know, but you ask and, and it's awesome. Um and people come up to you. I just met somebody, um, a guy who's Punjabi and he was staying in the same place where I am, and he, he came up to me and he's like, you know, asking me loads of questions and and we share. And next thing you know, we're all trekking together and that's
1: how it works. It's it's amazing. But I mean he probably Come on now, Miss Shannon. He probably peeped a little <laughs> photo of you that was implied nude behind your little guitar. He was like, "Okay, that's the girl I saw on the gram, or that's the girl I saw on Facebook." Let me go holler at her. We saw, we saw that Miss Shannon now. I don't know. I don't know if he had. He was on his computer. I, he just walked uh-huh. up to me in our place. <laughs> He's like that, that body looks familiar. Let me get at her. <laughs> Oh, my
0: goodness. Now, I will add that there, <laughs> are also, there are also the things that you don't unsee when you're traveling. You talk about seeing things here. There's also things you don't <laughs> unsee <laughs> that change you for sure. There's so much out here. And, and I think that uh, travel is pretty much my addiction. It, it really is. If I'm addicted to anything, it's traveling.
1: But so before growing up, you had traveled some. Yeah, traveling with your daughter before.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I have to thank my father for this travel bug. Um, My dad always was an explorer, always was doing things out of the box. And we went to Africa as children. We lived in Monrovia, Liberia and West Africa before the Civil War. Um, we've lived in Canada, we've lived in the Bahamas, so I am really grateful that I had the experience and the exposure of travel to young age. My mom took my brother and I uh, camping across the U.S. We camped out from California all the way to Iowa, like in different states, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah, like all the way across the country um as kids and so we were exposed to travel at a young age and um and and i always loved it but i think there's a difference between what i was experiencing prior to 2016 where i would go on vacations and stay in hotels and kind of lay on the beach and
1: you know do (laughs) the
0: all the touristy things it's very different than this kind of traveling
1: so how would you describe this kind of traveling um I think that you are slow traveling so you tend to put down roots for a little bit. Yeah. And maybe like a month or 3 months or whatever your visa allows for is that?
0: Yes, yes, okay. yeah. It is slow traveling and it allows me to uh connect with locals, to understand the culture, to find my way around, to really understand the currency and the politics. Um you know, and and of course, I do see the things that you're not going to see if you stay on a resort. I see the poverty. I see, you know, animal and human rights issues. I've seen human trafficking up close. I've seen slavery up close. Um, I've seen pedophilia up close, like, uh, in Cambodia, the, the way women are human trafficked and children are being trafficked, sex trafficking is heartbreaking. Um, and it's everything that's happening in the U S and it's out in the open. I actually have a friend in, in Malaysia who's been trafficked and I don't even know that he knows he's been trafficked. Um, and I really struggle with it because I've thought over and over, what can I do to help? But if I report it, he would likely go into a detention center and he would languish there like the children are in the U.S. for maybe years before he'd be deported. And I just, I, I, you know, it's like, what do you do? Yeah, it's really. It's you see things and then you understand, like, yeah, we we are blessed and we are privileged in the U.S. And we have so many things. But at the expense of what? Because a lot of what we're doing and a lot of what we're supporting is promoting these problems in other countries. True. You get to see the connectedness of it all. You do. And, And it makes you more mindful. You know, I don't use straws. I try not to take plastics when I go into stores here in Southeast Asia and they want to put a plastic inside a plastic inside a plastic. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm good. No plastic bags. But they're even getting better. Like since I was here in 2017, um, stores are not giving out plastics the way they were. Things are still packaged in a lot of plastic. But um, in some places, it's actually illegal to for a store to give you a plastic bag. And I'm happy. I'm just sad that it's taken this long because the devastation has already happened. Yeah. 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 But you do. It It makes you a more responsible human because you, you see what's happening to the world. Yes. You see how that bottle cap off of a Coke bottle, you know, from the U.S. is on the ocean floor in Indonesia. You see these things. And... You know, and it really makes you think, like, what are we doing? And and so it makes you, for me, it's made me way more responsible.
1: Also, uh, Shannon, when you travel, do you do, like, carry-on luggage? Like, how, how do you transport your stuff?
0: Um, Sometimes I backpack, which is if I know I'm going to be going into remote places where there's not going to necessarily be sidewalks or whatnot, then I will carry a backpack and I try to keep it light enough so I can check it so I don't have to pay fees every time. I still struggle with that. I still think I carry too much.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's and, hard not to, right?
0: Yeah, it's hard. And and so, but I sort of have this um, philosophy that when I buy something, I have to let something go
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: um, it helps, you know, to recycle. So I, I donate things to like local people. I'll donate my clothes to the housekeepers and stuff like that when I leave. And, um, and as I wear things out, I just buy new things. It's also taught me that I don't need so much to be happy. Um, actually, the lighter I am, the happier I am because the easier I can move around. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this trip, because I knew I was going to be gone for several months, I do have a, a carry-on suitcase and I have a backpack with a computer, I mean, my laptop and my camera equipment. Um, I'm working on this trip, so I have way more electronics with me than I normally would. Um, I'm shooting content for a company, a CBD oil company out of Colorado. Um, and so I'm carrying quite a bit of camera equipment this time, but I try to travel light. (laughs) I try my best. (laughs) I do my best. I I said I was gonna stop using the word try. I do my best to travel light.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Yoda do not do, do not try do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You either do or you don't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So not speaking about like making money or um, anything that's work related, like do you have hobbies or interests that are just for you, just for the pleasure of it?
0: Yes, I became a paddy diver um, when I was staying in uh, the Gili Islands the last time I was in Bali, and I got my paddy certification. I went on to dive in Malaysia. Um, next, I hope to dive in Thailand and maybe Rusk Kampot. I really, really, really want to go um, further into um, into the islands uh, off of Indonesia, Um and that is my hobby. I love diving. It brings me so much peace. It really is about breathing and, you're, and it's like sort of being in a meditation underwater um, because you become so mindful of your breath underwater because it's not natural to breathe underwater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's a limited supply of it. <laughs> yes. And, there's
0: a supply and you're very well aware of that. Um, and for someone like me, that was completely out of my comfort zone. I, I will be honest and say that I did dive as a child, but over the years hadn't and developed a fear of the ocean and fear of going deep down and what if, what if, what if. And But I like to really push myself out of my comfort zones. And now I love it. And it's it's amazing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um do you do you ever do underwater photography?
0: Um I haven't, but I would love to. I would love to get into that. That would be so incredible.
1: Not not that you need to cuz it's clearly a hobby, but
0: Yeah, no, I would I would love to do underwater photography. I've played around a little bit with GoPros and stuff like that, but to really have like great equipment and go underwater, that would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. I have to
1: think about that. Now you just planted a seed. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, Wanda planting seeds, Duncan, all over this world. I love it, I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't know if you're a music person, mm-hmm. but this is something I like to ask my lovely guests. Um, is there a song lyric or a poem that speaks to you these days? You know, there's, I love music, and I love
0: so much music. And I was thinking, when I think about this, I think about a song. This is going to be really off-base, the, the the name of it. It's Nina Simone, and it's the house version of Sinner Man. Yes. I love that song. And I'll tell you that I probably listened to it for years, not really listening to the lyrics, just yes. loving song. And I finally looked up the lyrics one day and I was like, this is why I love the song. So she's pretty much looking for, it almost seems like for herself or for God. And she's looking and looking and she's looking at the rock and she's going all these places and she's looking and it's like all along, everything that she needs is in herself. It's already there. And it just really takes looking within. It's not gonna, you're not gonna find it outside yourself. You're not gonna find it in the river. You're not gonna find it in the rock. You're gonna find it in yourself. And I got it. And I was like, that's why I love this song so much. And it really explains the journey I've been on and the journey that we're all on, uh, all are on. Um, We, going to find what we need outside of ourselves and you don't really have to travel to find it it's it's in you all along but you do need to create the space so that you can get there and uh, you have to do the work and be willing to do the work and the self-reflection and once you do that the world opens up to you and i think you're able to see things in a much brighter light so i encourage everyone to um to do that to honor yourself and make the space for that make the space for you
1: you better talk that talk. <laughs> That's something that I love about the Wiz. Well, I guess it's originally the Wizard of Oz, but you know the only real version that exists is the Wiz. <laughs> so, yeah. Because exactly. it's, it's the same premise like You ain't have to go nowhere dot. You you had all this stuff the entire time. You always had heart courage. And, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It's one of the best ones ever. You're right. But briefly speaking about music, Can we talk about Miss Lisa Fisher though? oh my goodness so Amazing. y'all are like besties or <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> Lisa you saw that on my social media Lisa Fish- I mean I may have peeped
1: it there <laughs> yeah, or...
0: she's a really good friend of a friend of mine and uh, my friend invited me to see her and um, they're really close friends and so um, I had my friend Betty invited me to her show thank you Betty if you listen to this uh, it, she's <laughs> (laughs) a mind-blowing performer like oh my god I just left like okay I'm mesmerized and she's so humble and so sweet and she came out to the audience afterwards and was taking pictures and she just took my phone out of my hand and said come on girlfriend (laughs) and took such beautiful pictures so I really enjoyed her show she's awesome.
1: Lisa Fisher That is not a show. That is not a performance, ma'am. That is an an experience. Yes, she She does not sing songs. She -hmm. she is just sound. She is glorious, wonderful, channeled sound. I got to see her in Atlanta. um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how long ago, maybe 2016 Mm -hmm. or 2015, right before I started traveling and like. You just want to be swept up in her bosom and just like curl up there and stay there forever. Exactly. And oh, she man. is exactly as you said, she is like the most, the most humble. She is such a vessel like, oh. Yes, yes she is. She is a really beautiful
0: spirit. And you can tell when she's singing, she is so in a zone and it's like, it's angelic. It's just like, where does this come from? How does it happen? She's Incredible. Incredible. Absolutely. And
1: she's on tour, so keep an eye out for her. I'm so glad she has found a way to be herself in the industry because I know that, you know, she at one point was pursuing a solo career and realized it wasn't for her. But I and I know that like she's not packaged as the industry would have her be packaged as people are used to consuming because she really is like, it's not like you just go down the street humming a Lisa Fisher tune. Like you just, you can't
0: (laughs) hear her
1: and enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to sing it different every time. Yes. Yes. Her voice. Like Mm -mm. it is an exploration and sound like I just, it is. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. Oh, I'm, I'm like <laughs> with you. I'm a super fan too. I'm like, oh wow. Gosh.
0: Yeah, she's yes. amazing. So y'all check, look, look up Lisa Fisher if you don't know. You better know.
1: <laughs> like I'm telling you, that is sound healing.
0: Like <laughs> it really is. It really is. I cried. I, to... I cried in her performance. Yeah. She. Oh my gosh, she sang. Um, I can't even remember what the song was now. I just know that it was—it was like uh, it was just—it was a whole nother level, and tears were just like streaming down my face. And I was not the only one. I saw a grown man at at the corner. eye just wiping tears. Like she's amazing. Yes.
1: Yes. That's it. Yes. (laughs) Um. So, Miss Shannon, um, are you working on a book right now?
0: I am working on my book. Oh, this is such a labor. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, I
0: am. And that's part of the reason I decided to stay here and stay in kind of a quiet area.
1: Yeah. Yep. Getting it done. And you're also working on a podcast as well, right? Uh, in the flow podcast.
0: Yeah, we'll launch the podcast as soon as we, so my website is about to be updated now or it is being updated as we speak, um, so that I can have everything up there for the wellness retreats. And then I will be launching the podcast in conjunction with it.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so please share how listeners can support your work. Uh, You can support by joining our community, Wellness
0: Travel Mama. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And if you are interested in traveling to Bali or anywhere, let me know where you're interested in going. Uh, Let me know what you're interested in experiencing. And by sharing, I can really create the most amazing experience for you. Um, My company will be hosting uh, Wellness Travel Experiences, And we will be working with everyone. So if you want to come as your own group, if you are with a corporation, if you're LGBTQ, whatever it is that you want, we are supporting um,
1: group travel and very excited to create amazing experiences for you. So that is Wellness Travel Mama on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then your website is Shannon Amos. Shannon Amos. Okay. Yep. Sh- ShannonAmos.com. So I'll put that in the show notes for our listeners. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you so tremendously much. Um, I'm glad that you took the, the call to honor what your mother put inside you, her traditions, her recipes, her values, her creativity to take that leap and live so, I don't know, it's just like so delicious, it's so lush, <laughs> and to share that with us, thank you for being yourself, for for showing us a way, one of the many ways that it can be done. Thank you, Wanda, I appreciate you. All right, Miss Thing. Will you enjoy your day? Thank you. Thank you so <laughs>
0: much. I appreciate this. And this was a joy. Pleasure to talk to you. And I hope to meet you in person
1: soon. Yes, again, because we met in Chiang Mai. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, again. Yes, again. Again. <laughs> I that.
0: Damn. And I'm so proud of you for launching your podcast.
1: Yes, thank you. I'm proud of myself too. <laughs> Barum mm. Barum Ahum Barum. Mm.